Dear Gratitude and Anthology is at... With over 50 different perspectives and stories on gratitude, this book captures what most books don't. The secret sauce is in the number of voices and stories where you'll be sure to find a personal connection to so many as I did. A really excellent book, David Freeman. Found exclusively on Amazon.com. Hi, I'm Chris Palmore, and this is a birthday gratitude episode, and I've got my friend, longtime friend, Lee, uh, up in New York, and we're going to ask him in, hey, Lee, your uh, microphone is off. No, it's not. It's on. You were, you were mistaken. That, that okay. icon was messing up your sensory fat. Yeah, it's good. Okay. Hey, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Chris. Nice to see you again. Good to see you, too. I see you decided to switch uh, switch places there at the end. Yeah, well, the other background is, like, super chaotic, and I don't usually take my calls there. I just wasn't thinking straight. It was first thing in the morning. Good deal, brother. So your your what your birthday's coming up, and uh, this was an excuse for us uh, to chit chat. You know, I, I like I love to start these off by um, thinking about the like the pre gratitude, like the obviously we're friends, we have a long time friendship, but I'm thinking like how did you know? I like to give like gratitude to like how we met or talk about you know where the elements of that. So do you want to speak to that, and then I can speak to that too? Do you have good memory of sentient being? I believe it was the sentient being, was it not? Or was it Parker's? I, I think it was uh, it was Savannah, Georgia, regardless. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, we, we were working together uh, at a, what do you call it? A convenience store, like the gourmet convenience store. Like it was like the happening place of Savannah, Georgia. And uh, I was a college student. You were recently a college graduate. And I don't know, we, we just had a similar uh, style. We just like we're hanging out. We're, I think we also had the night shift. Did you have the night shift? I had the night shift. Yeah, I did some night shifts, yeah. I think I did, yeah. So, yeah, we we just, like, naturally gravitated toward each other. And then several coffee dates later, several hundred coffee dates later, (laughs) and you moved out of Savannah. I moved out of Savannah. I went back to New York. You went home to Kentucky, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I was back to Kentucky. That was the first step. Uh, You stayed in Georgia a little bit longer than me, too, didn't you? I I can't remember who left first. That's a good question. Maybe you did leave first. It, uh, it, we definitely left very close to similar times. Maybe you did leave before me, though. I, I'm trying to. It's been so. I mean, geez, we're talking. When did you? Over. Is it 2004 or six? What I'm getting years. I, I was I was seven. So yeah, it was a long time ago. You were seven. <laughs> no, I was seven. Yeah, that was 2007, Chris. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, that was before the marriage and the two kids, so it was definitely a long time ago. Yeah, I, I I can't remember if we met at the coffee shop or it was Parker's. I just know that obviously us hanging out and working at Parker's is what kind of allowed us to be around each other enough to realize that we enjoyed each other's company. And then we started getting coffee and hanging out. And, um, you know, and here we are, four, let's say 14 years later. <laughs> And every time we so, coffee, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I've got my coffee, and you know, and um, you know, speaking to, I mean, I'm just grateful. You know, I think about Savannah. I think about you know where I was living, and the Parker's was right behind me, and I was very grateful to be able to just kind of work there part time between doing other things. It was a very relaxed environment where I could just make a little cup, like make a little extra money and meet some cool people. And um, you cool were, people. you know, I think of Savannah. Honestly, I don't keep in touch with. I keep it. I mean. Like we, you and I talk, I think I've talked to maybe one other person that I met in Savannah, uh, maybe yep. two, since I talked to you last year. 
Oh, wow. Okay, so, well. Um, you know what I mean? So there we go. Yeah, I have a couple of friends that I are like family now who I talk to from Georgia, but um, more Georgia's relationships didn't, didn't you know, last, obviously. You were, we were young. Right. Well, actually, I, I'm sorry, I left out another friend. My buddy Coco has been helping me, you know, Justin. I know you met him. Oh, but, um, yeah. Yeah, he uh, he's actually, they're pregnant with a second baby, which is... Uh, which is cool. So he's having going to have his second child soon, but he's, he's been helping me do some of the uh, gratitude material work that I've been putting together for the, the, actually there's a, this, we haven't talked in a long time. So there's a hospital in Savannah. This is kind of a cool thing. And then we'll get more on you. Um, <laughs> so I, you know, my book came out and uh, one of the people I work with shared mm-hmm. actually mailed the book to her daughter and her daughter uh, runs a department at a hospital in Savannah. And her daughter, because she read the book was like, started asking her questions like how you know started asking herself how can we initiate gratitude into this hospital so the cool thing is because she had that thought because her again these little things right the book Mm -hmm. comes out her mom buys the book gives it to her she reads it you know there's this she has a thought in her head the next thing you know i'm on i'm having a conversation with her and we start put together these ideas of gratitude practices that are going to be implemented in the hospital so this is this is all in the last like three months so fast forward three months um, I'm actually going to be mailing her, um, you know, the, the postcards, which are one of the things, but then there's these things called gratitude stickies. So getting back to what Justin, what Justin made for me. So these are, um, basically this is like a gratitude practice. So the cool thing is, is you get the different colors and, uh, you get 25 days of them. And then what you do is you write what you're grateful for and you stick it to the wall. It becomes mm-hmm. gratitude art. So it becomes so supposed to like just writing what you're grateful for and, never looking at it again, you're actually building a piece of artwork on the wall. So the only reason I'm telling you that is because she's actually, I'm sending these to her because she's going to implement it with the staff. And then that's going to be implemented. Uh, the sticky is going to be like implemented into the, uh, to the patients that have to be at the hospital or on lockdown. It's going to be part of like when the nurses come around, they're going to give them these and then they're going to be building a wall. So anyways, back to Justin. He's the one that helped me format the stickies. Very good man. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, gratitude came to my life because of it. Once it came into your life, uh, what was that? I feel like it was eight years ago, maybe no seven. I don't know. But I remember when your when your mother first passed away, we first reconnected, um, and we found out that it was also the, you know the anniversary of your mother's death was also uh, my birthday, and it really sparked a lot of interest in me to sort of go through this um, this uh, this trap this. Uh, dialogue with you about what gratitude means and for the first time it was my first time ever understanding it and since then I'm glad that we have this conversation because it's allowed me to get through a lot of the the stress of my life just being able to stay grateful when you know things may seem less than grateful worthy appreciate that man yeah you know with with gratitude it's uh and i i thinking back i appreciate you going through that yeah i remember it was it was 2014 my mom passed away uh april 2014 so it would have been later that year uh that or early 2015 is when i started the um actually when i started the website and that's when you and i probably probably chatted about you were we were just banking ideas and i was trying to get uh you were helping me creatively with just some of my ideas and what um where to go with all these thoughts and everything. I remember you, you connected me to a friend of yours. I believe Alex, who ended up giving me some nice, you know, uh, kind of, uh, you know, he just kind of helped me with some different things too. But speaking to what you're, you know, with, with gratitude, the amazing thing is, is like, 
even in, you know, I was thinking about this recently, I actually did a video called gratitude confessionals. So I I'm starting to like, think about this, like normally, normally when there's like really big stress in life or something bad happens or whatever you want to call bad. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, it's because of a lot of a real good things are going on. You know what I mean? Like my, my simplicity in this was, you know, a couple weeks ago, uh, Rosie and I went shopping, grocery shopping for like four hours. You know, we went to three or four different places and it was just, it was just tiring. Right. And I was just tired. Like I just, it started to get a little nervy and nervy just because of going to all the different places. And this is my mind. I was just, I was just kind of exhausted by the whole thing. But what I realized when I took a breath and looked back at it, I was like, well, the reason I'm exhausted is one, I have time. Okay. So think about this. how many things are working for me to be exhausted right now. Right. Like um, I have time to go shopping. I have a car to take me there. I have money to pick up groceries. I live in a country that there's food. You know what I mean? Like all these, all these things that are complete blessings are leading to me feeling this way. And yeah. the cool thing about that idea is that if you redirect your thoughts, you can get out of that. You can at least what you're doing is you're, you're lowering that level and realizing, Oh, okay. Cause it's, it's redirection. It's like, okay, I'm feeling this way. You're analyzing it. Right. But you're analyzing yeah. it through gratitude. You're going, I'm feeling this way because I have so many good things going on for me. You know, because yeah. think about it, flip it, flip it. What, what would be the flip of this? Okay, I don't have any money. I can't get food. I'm hungry. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's a problem. That's something to be frustrated about. <laughs> I just had the same conversation with my daughter just this morning because they have this uh, game that they practice uh, for social emotional learning for children now in school. Uh, they call it Rose Thornbud. And the idea is that you pick something that made you really happy in the past few days, something that you're looking forward, uh, something that made you a little upset and something you're looking forward to. Mm -hmm. And she went through and found two things that she was upset instead of something she was looking forward to. And I said, well, why don't you take a thing that you're upset and think about why you're upset? It's because you wanted something, right? Well, the whole point of the activity was to talk about something you were looking forward to. So instead of worrying about something that you don't have right now, Think about something that you will have in the future, something that you can look forward to. And, it, you know, it's the same thought of I wanted or I didn't have, which was the thought of, look, this is something I do have and I'm grateful for. And I think, yeah, mindfulness, being aware of um, what brought you to that position and all the other things that are going on that allow you to be in that position will give you perspective. You need that. You need that. Yeah, you know, it's, I, I've got my uh, second book coming out actually on your birthday. <laughs> wow! Congratulations. Thanks, man. It's called Dear Twenty Twenty: uh, Letters to a World That Changed, Letters to a Year That Changed Everything. So I had over uh, there's over forty people that wrote letters to the year twenty twenty, and it's wow. straight up a book about perspective. That's why maybe you know it's it's um, what's the quote in, in Emily's uh, Emma's quote? She says uh, she said life's too short to write away a whole year. Yeah, you know I mean, like, and it's, um, but it was, it's a book about perspective and it's the, you know, um, bottom line is like every day, every day has its ups and downs period, right? Like life is not like a stagnant line. Life literally, this is life, you know, it's not, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. um, and I wouldn't want a life like this, honestly, but that's a whole other discussion. But, um, you know, it's at the end of the day, we get to decide what we want to remember, what we want to learn from, what we reflect on, right? Like, so yeah. at the end of any given day, you could sit down and go, what made today crappy? You could, right? We have choices. Yeah. We could say, let's make a list of what the crap was today. Okay. And that's how you go to sleep, right? With going, today mm -hmm. was crap. Or you could go, 
it's something I do every day. In the morning, I write down today is going to be a great day. And at the end of the day, I have, I, cause I'm perceiving that I can re reevaluate that. And I start to think in the modality of what worked today, what made me happy today, what brought me joy, what made me laugh. So actually getting back to what I want to share, what I was talking about before we started, I was like, Oh, let's tell the story on the podcast. Um, so I was telling you how silly Rosie is. I mean, just literally silly, like just ridiculously like childlike silly, right? Even though she can be very responsible, obviously, and she's a caretaker too. Okay. So in the last couple of weeks, like there's been um, a cockroach or two has been popping up in our place, right? Which is obviously off-putting. Um, yeah, so sure. we're working on that. But the uh, yesterday morning, so I go to bed early and she goes to bed late and um, she, you know, she got to bed at three in the morning. And she said, uh, actually, no, let's do two days ago. Two days ago, she said, she got in the morning. She said, she's like, I saw one. I couldn't kill it. So the next day, two days ago, she shows me a video, okay, where she has her phone and then she has the shoe, right? So it's like, she's a documentarian trying to kill this roach, right? And she didn't kill it. And I, it's really funny, right? And I, I told her, I go, well, there's a good reason why you didn't kill us. Like, cause you're holding the phone. Like you can't, <laughs> you, can't you gotta, you, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a sing, you know? So in that idea, the next night, I, she wakes me up at three in the morning and she says, she said, I killed it. It's there for you. I need you to take care of it. Okay. So I know this, I go, I go back to sleep. So I wake up in the morning, I go into the kitchen on my coffee maker. There's this little sticky note that says like, I killed the cockroach. There's this little picture, right? And she says, it's by the fan, right? And then I look over to the fan and then there's a note on the wall. It says, the body is here. This little thing with an arrow down. Oh my God. And there it is, dude. It was like a little treasure map to a dead cockroach. <laughs> That's fun. Isn't that, isn't that just some silly shit? <laughs> you know I mean? like, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm a silly, I'm a silly man myself. And it took me a long time to deal with um, being able to take care of pests too. I used to do things similarly. Um, both my wife and I couldn't handle pests, so we were both sort of like trying to egg each other on uh, with sort of like we'd, we'd hide it. We'd like put it in like a container and say, all right, you can take care of it. It's like we'd only halfway do the job each time. <laughs> Took a long time. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't like I don't like them either. But uh, yeah, we got I, anyways, I got anyways, this, that's just the silly, you know, so what I you know, I, I'm writing, you know, I'm starting these gratitude sticky things. I got my wall. I'm building my gratitude wall. And this morning mm -hmm. I wrote down you know, Rosio's, uh, you know, treasure, treasure map to the cockroach's body, you know, just like, that's just a memory I want to remember because it's fun and it brings me joy, you know? And that's like, um, even, you know, since, since, even since we talked in last year, because I've talked to so many people, I've learned so much more about a gratitude practice, you know, which is amazing, right? Cause you think you would think, you know, a lot if you keep, but honestly, it's like, it's great to write down. I'm happy say for a clean kitchen, but like, memories it's if you can it's the you know what i mean like or you say like i'm grateful for coffee right like say grateful for coffee that's a great idea but why am i grateful for coffee you know so speaking in that vein like you start to build in memories right so like why am i grateful for rosio right well she's silly what's a memory of her being silly that's a memory of being silly that's gratitude wow that's that's actually great that's really great to put that into practice in such a day-to-day uh, -day way I like to think of uh, gratitude for my wife in the bigger things, and that does help for sure. But I, I, I think I would benefit from getting a little more granular too. Like just, just remembering like the simple moments at the end of the day that made me happy, that include her. For sure, man. What are um, I, I? What are some of the things in the big way that you're grateful for your wife? 
Well, like you said, Rosario, Mindy's the caretaker. I mean, uh, I, I'm, well, we're both caretakers because we're both parents, but um, when it comes to the, the essentials of getting the household uh, managed and running, that's something that she has a better mind for. I'm good at doing the footwork. Like she, she'll like print out the orders and I can follow. But when it comes to like keeping a higher mind of everything that we need to keep track of, I'm terrible with that. Um, so she makes sure that, you know, we don't go without. There are things that if I was held in charge of, we wouldn't be able to handle. Um, just this morning, you know, I'm, I'm making breakfast for my daughter um, um, and lunch because she's going to school. So I'm doing all of it at once and I'm packing everything. And I've spent a good amount of time doing that. And as I'm finishing, I'm like, wait a minute, Mindy, do I have everything in the bag? Because even though I just spent all that time doing it, I trust her more to, to remember what's missing than me. Um, and so she, she keeps tabs on us on, in every capacity in that way. So I'm so grateful that she's able to like facilitate life. I mean, keeping things working and functioning. But that's the big yes. picture. Yeah, right. But uh, yeah, um, when, when, when you're in a marriage, it's easy to forget and get, like you were saying how earlier, you know, when you get wrapped up in um, the things that you might want or the things that you're focused on aren't gratitude, um, it, it helps to bring you back so that you don't, you know, stewing in that, in that what hasn't or what you want right. instead of what could be, is, and is there all the time. Right. It's, it's the, um, it's obviously nice to want things and pursue things at the same time. If that pursue and want takes you out of the moment and doesn't allow you to appreciate what you have, that, that's where the problem is. And that's, uh, um, it's, that's just the constant reminders. Um, that's what gratitude in the practice does. It allows you to remember, continually remember that you've got a lot of really great things going on for you. And I, I, since, you know, since we talked, I interviewed a New York Times bestseller named Hector Garcia. He has a book called Ichigo Itchy. It's a freaking awesome book. Um, but um, I asked him what I asked. He lives in Tokyo. He's a he's a uh, he's a guy from Spain that lives in Tokyo. Anyways, very, very cool guy. Um, but I asked him, I said, what is like gratitude mean to you? I was like, if you're going to explain gratitude to a child, what would you say? You know, and he you the great thing about him was like nothing he was saying was was like written down like everything he was always looking up like this because you could see he was actually thinking you know it was like he was yeah. you know it wasn't nothing was canned and he said this really beautiful thing that really hit me really well he said he said gratitude he's this is what i think he said when you're focusing on one thing that's not working one thing that's upsetting you he said gratitude is when you have the realization that there are 99 things that are working for you and what I did for me is it painted a picture of me. It literally, I, when I was hearing him talking, I was thinking, this is what gratitude is. And I was like, seeing the back of a head, right? I was like, it's when you're staring at the one thing that's not working and you decide just to turn your head this way. Hmm. You know, I was just like, and that's, and speaking to that whole thing about, you know, and that's in the, usually when we get caught up, usually, right? I can't speak to everyone's problems or everyone's situation, but usually we get fixated on one thing that's not working and it destroys us in that day and that moment. It takes us out of our life um, yeah. because we're just going down like a, say it could be a worry wormhole or a whatever, right? But it's that idea of the realization going, okay, I, I am looking at this, but I can look over here. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like it's that just that tilted perspective that allows um, 
this allows you to bring you back and ground you into what is real, not this individual thing is not your life, right? The problem that's happening at that moment is not your life. It's a momentary thing. And um, it's just a really powerful image I was, was came to mind when we were talking. Yeah, no, I, I love that. Um, I haven't thought of it. I've been on nine uh, things that are going well for me, but there probably are, if not more, at any given moment. Um, but whenever I see something that disheartens me in the world, it always puts me in a place to remember that I'm so fortunate that I'm able to look at whatever uh, terrible things happening in the world and to know that, you know, I haven't been personally affected by it and that I should be very thankful for that. And whenever it's, it's weird, whenever I watch news, it usually makes me feel good. Not because this terrible thing in the world, because I know the terrible things in the world are always going to be, but to right. think that I'm fortunate enough to, to avoid it for another day makes me very happy. So, uh, I have friends who avoid the news because it gives them, it brings them to that dark place. Like this is happening here, this is happening there. It's like, yeah, that's good to know about that stuff because it, it'll make you feel more grateful for what you do have. I love that, man. I, you know, that's uh, I've never heard anybody speak about the news like that. That's brilliant, brother. I love that. I really do. Sincerely. Um, it's uh, it's, it's the idea of like, you're grateful for the toothache you don't have. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah. that's and what you, and what the new, and even though the, the news can be very negative, if you're looking at it and you're in, in, through a gratitude process, you're like, well, this is going on in the world. Obviously, we know bad things happen, but I'm grateful that what's this, what I'm seeing right now is not touching me. That's a really right. healthy. So, what, what the news then becomes is it becomes part of a practice to appreciate your life. And that, that, my brother, is really powerful. It's like yeah. that because the news every that literally means you could sit down every day because there's always something right for 10 yeah. minutes just, and you could use that to ground yourself. That's that's brilliant, bro. I mean, it, it helps, but it doesn't always help. And, you know, the closer things get to home to hit to hit your heart, of course, you're going to be more uh, invested and affected. You won't be able to look away in, with that same sort of cadence. But certainly I have friends who, you know, stop watching the news. Or every time I think about the news, all they can think about is, is how terrible it makes them feel. And I try to share that with them, but it, you know, saying it isn't make doesn't make it easy as a practice. Uh, it's very hard to look at you know the the pain of others and to you know just understand that you know it, that your life is better and to be grateful for that. A lot of people might think that's selfish, um, and to some extent, it, it is uh, preservational, but. I think gratitude in general uh, is preservational. It, it will, it helps you stay healthy in that sort of mental space. Uh, something that I learned in practice in, in therapy, and I hope everyone um, considers therapy if they're not already in therapy. It's, it's great for, you know, things like teaching gratitude. Um, you know, I went down this rabbit hole with you with gratitude, but uh, I didn't talk to you every day. Um, and I did always learn every time we did talk, but having, that in your life is so important like just working on it in every aspect of your life really um so yeah i i picked up some of some of the gratitude practices that i picked up in learning to cope with my stressors in therapy so um for anyone who, who is working on themselves or has a hard time understanding gratitude i'd say uh, that's exactly you know how i got out of my uh, emotional rabbit hole of, of depression can you, um, 
if you don't, I mean, I appreciate you sharing that. Could you speak to some more of the practices that you kind of picked up? Uh, if you wouldn't mind just sharing a little bit more about that experience and some sure, other sure. things you learned, because I, I know there was a lot more there. So I love what you share, but I'd love if you wouldn't mind just giving a little more, man. Yeah. Um. Wow. So depression, it uh, works uh, in the opposite direction as gratitude. Depression is when you have, you know, X, Y, Z things bothering you and you're focusing on only the negative instead of the positive. Um, and so ev every day, you know, instead of reaffirming the things that you're grateful for with depression, you're reaffirming all the things that make you upset, the things that, that make you not want to uh, continue um, uh, or not happy. Um, and so in part of my practice, I had to learn as a, a mindset adjustment that I could and do need to do these things for my own mental health. And at first it was very difficult because it wasn't natural as someone who's always um, thinking about the negative to you know try to turn on the, the, the water on the other side of the faucet. And so uh, little by little, I got tepid. I, I cooled down my, my depressive waters and was able to little, uh, you know, uh, become more mindful and started internally, uh, you know, happy that um, something made me happy. Like you were saying, listing off the things at the end of the day that make you happy. But, you know, doing those things throughout the day, little by little, allowed me to then see things that I was grateful for in a, in a bigger sense. You know, at first it was very uh, about the self. It was a very uh, uh, personal um, gratitude, things that, you know, basically the world revolved around me, gratitude. Um, and I needed that. Uh, just because I didn't have that at all. I had to build that, that personal gratitude for myself it, just so I can understand the concept of gratitude to move it on into a better practice. And, you know, each th the first thing that that broke my mind recently in the past couple of years, and it happens every few years, you have like your your epiphany-like moment. Uh, but what something that brought, brought to my attention was radical acceptance. Um, and radical acceptance is that um, when... When there is, when there is something difficult, you can try to fight it emotionally and get through the ninety-nine things that are bothering you about that problem, or, that, or focusing on that one problem instead of the the myriad of things that are also going on in your life, and and you 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 push it, you you keep nagging it, you keep uh, pushing around like the vegetables in your plate. You don't quite deal with it, but you just keep harping on the vegetables on your plate. Radical acceptance is, you know, you eat those vegetables and you say, okay, maybe I don't eat these vegetables, but you know what? I don't need to sit here and talk about how much I hate these vegetables either. And so once I stopped um, giving so much energy to things that made me unhappy, it really opened the floodgates to gratitude. Because um, that, that worrying so much about uh, the things that make you upset as we started the conversation with, will keep you from being able to see those 99 other things that could make you happy. Um, so that's part of, that was the first thing in my practice that really was mind opening uh, for gratitude. Um, and then something that goes on day to day, you know, something that I've been trying to do is um, coming up with, you know, ongoing lists of things that I'm grateful for in particular aspects of my life, which I'm not as grateful for. Uh, instead of focusing on the one aspect of, of a relationship which might be difficult or, or challenging, focusing on the more positive. Um, you know, 
you're talking about the things that uh, Rosio does that make you smile, uh, like her childishness uh, and how effervescent that could be. Um, there are aspects of every relationship um, to some extent, even the most difficult relationships in my life, which you know, to this day, I still struggle with the relationship with my mother. That's something we talked about for many years. Um, mm -hmm. uh, we've come a long way, but there's still a lot of, of trauma and, and work to be done there. But I can only move forward in that relationship because I've been able to not harp and nag on the trauma. Right. Well, I mean, we, you know, speaking of what you're saying, it's like, again, like what, what we focus on grows and what we get to just, you know, back to like, what do you want to, you know, what do you want to focus on and whatever I, it speaks like, I loved your, I really liked where you were coming from. when you started talking about depression, I started having another image in my head, which was like when depression hits, it's almost like you were, you're in a dark, you're in a black room or you're in a room with black wallpaper. Um, or whatever, right? Just a blank dark darkness, right? And bottom, mm -hmm. and then I was taking like Hector's idea and almost thinking like it's a, when you so all you're seeing is the black, right? All you're seeing is depression. We're just saying that that color. We're just associating that color, right? So you're in a, you're in a dark room with no color, and that's all you're feeling because in all in all you're looking around, and you're just continually getting that, right? Because that's all we're getting, but. The idea of like stepping out of that, like you said, is it would be almost like starting to peel that paint back, right? So you start peeling that paint back and you start seeing these things you're grateful for. You start to realize that there that life is worth living, or there are people in your life that you know you love, or that your heart's beating and that's a good thing, or that there's water coming. You know what I mean? Like you start to you start to peel these things back, and eventually you hit a tipping point where one upskates the other. <laughs> and then you're you're basically you're you, you at that moment an individual can go to themselves can actually feel like I'm actually stepping out of depression like I'm I've I've created this room is not just depression in this more this room is a flux of emotions which is good right because there's depression because I was even talking to a sobriety coach you know he's he's like if you're in a bad state figure out what your emotions are so for example if the worst emotion you have is anger or say it's fear. Go, how do I get to anger? You know what I mean? Like, how do I get to sadness? Some people, you know what I mean? Like, these are just tier structures, right? Um, because you know what's what's worse for you and better for you. But it's like, if you can realize, so then if we can go, oh, if we can go, okay, depression's like, a, it's like a dark room. How do I paint this room? Every day I'm going to paint this room for five minutes by just thinking about some things I'm grateful for. Or it could be, I'm going to spend one minute just listening to things I'm grateful for. This is my way of painting the room. You know what I mean? Because you know that if you do that over several weeks, it's going to have an effect on the whole room. You know, initially it's just going to give a little bit of light. It's going to go back in. But if you if you continually paint, gratitude is a way to paint that room back in the colors that are actually there. You know, it's almost like you're taking your glasses off, you're like sunglasses off and you're, you're seeing the sun opposed to being in the shade of everything. So um so I really love what you're saying about depression. That's a that's a really great metaphor, a way to way to uh, structure that whole idea. Because you know, I, I I totally get depression too. So it's 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 always uh, I think everyone does some some more than others. But obviously, we all have our own battles. Yeah, I, I have to say that um, getting to the the tipping point where I was able to have more moments of light than darkness was definitely. Um, eye-opening and where I can see, oh, okay, well, if the glass can be half full, let me just stay on the half full side more. And actually, I used to be a full-on pessimist. And I was able to work my way up into realist 
and I can even say optimistic in times now. Uh, I used to have a very um, close m uh, mindset, and now I'm very I'm working on being more growth-minded, being able to be more positive, and all those things are connected. Um, when I couldn't do any of those things when I'm focusing when I was focusing on a depression. You really, you know, when you focus on anything, it takes all of your attention. And so you can't do anything else besides those things. Um, but, you know, breaking away makes it, you, you're talking about sobriety. I think uh, depression has an addictive uh, uh, aspect of it, much like um, drugs or alcohol, um, where it's negative, it's destructive, but you will just sit in it and continue to do it because it just it's it, it's sort of numbing it it's the only way you know how to cope with it uh, once you learn how to cope with it better and you find that there are better ways to deal with it you're able to work your way out of it it's like exercise for your mind you know if you can't do a single push-up you know you're not very healthy but if you do one push-up a little bit at a time soon you'll be very healthy if you do it every day and I love that image that you sent uh, in my head of of like paint peeling off of like these walls and light shining through i have to work for a pharmaceutical company one day and i'm making that commercial because that's that's a that's a seller right there yeah you know that's a i was even thinking how just to you know this imagery of you only see three pictures right so you'd have a person in a black dark space then you'd have like the second image would just be like one little square right that's light and it could be an image of something it could be a person and then the next one is like a flux of where there's one black and there's a whole bunch of image, you know what I mean? Like you just have this, this three phrase, this, this phase type thing, um, which is just showing somebody that every day you're at, you know, it's back to that, you know, it's, it's, it's the same idea of like every day you're um, so, so, okay. There's a great, great book called atomic habits. And um, there's, it's really great. I've actually read it twice in the last five months. I really love the book. Superb book. Anyways, just letting you know and everybody okay. else, but um one of the things he said was, you know, every day with this is with habits, right? So it's like every day um, you're voting towards something like there's a vote here. There's a vote there, period. That's it. You know, so every day, if case in point, like, you know, if you want to be healthy, there's a voting structure. Right. So if you get up in the morning, you you eat a donut. That's that's a vote towards unhealthy. If you get up mm -hmm. and, you know, I don't want to like speak to diet. You get what I'm saying? Like depending on what you're yeah. eating, that's a vote. Uh, getting up and moving around. So that could be exercise or just, you know, that's a vote. You know what I mean? Reading, that's a vote because, you, you know what I mean? You get it, right? Yeah. Uh, you yeah, can totally. even say, you can even say bathing could be a part of that. I don't, you know what I mean? These are all votes. We're all, mm -hmm. all day long, we are making decisions by voting by our actions, period, right? So it's like, that's the same idea with, you know, if you're in a depressive state, basically what's happened is all your voting has been going towards this one thing that is obviously a spiral of negativity and things that upset you. And all day long is yeah. I'm just going check, 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 check. You know what I mean? And that's what it is because you're in that space. You wake up and yeah. you want to go back to sleep. You wake up and you think about these things. You're not happy with your life. You completely overshadow this one thing, which can be a big thing. It's overshadowing, again, the 99 things that are that are good, you know, that are going uh, right in your life. You know, I like to speak to um, this, what I've been working on in my practice, like the last three months is like, how do I, how do I ground myself in gratitude? That's ever present, like uh, daily, like things. I, how do I say it? It's like, um, it's, it's like the, the day to day, right. The things that you live with that you can take for granted very easily. And that's the problem. That's the yeah. situational problem is, um, 
when we cut, this is, it's a good problem to have, mind you, when you've had it so good, um, you've got all these things that are working for you your entire life, right? That you don't think about. Now that's a very nice place to be, but it's not a healthy mindset. So case mm -hmm. in point, right? And I know I'm speaking to you, so I know you well enough. I don't think you've ever woken up and had to worry about what was in the refrigerator. No. You know, no. the fact there's been food. How about this? We've never had to worry about there being a refrigerator. <laughs> yeah. Right. Let's, we never had to worry about um, fill, being in a place to fill a refrigerator. We never had to worry about water running into the house. Right. We've talked about this. Right. Like these are just mm -hmm. electricity. Right. Like these are just, you know, um, I, I was talking to somebody that helped. I did a birthday gratitude episode with a friend who helps people find homes. Right. And she just was like speaking to, you know, people that were homeless or people that are, you know, in this. She just spoke to she's like, you don't realize until you're sitting with somebody how amazing it is just to have a place with a lock that's yours. You know what I mean? Just to have four walls with a lock. Like, again, of course I don't because I've always had it. But yeah. she's reminding me, like, what is that? I think about I've always had a place to live, right? Like, just the fact, you know what I mean? Like, that's because yeah. my – and that's something massive. Again, this is, this is shit that we get every day that we completely overlook because it's like we were born the king. Literally, we were born like kings, right? Like, we have all these things, but we just – we're born into them. We didn't, you know, where did, where did the appreciation come in? Because if you're just born with something, it's hard to appreciate it. So speaking to that idea, it doesn't mean you can appreciate it. It just means you have to work to appreciate it. It means you actually have to put time in to appreciate these things. Right. And it's not like it's a difficult thing. It's just something you have to decide to do. So one more case in point, then I'll, I'll flip it back to you. You know, Rosio and I speaking just straight to Rosio, right? Like, we were in a long distance relationship for like five years, right? You know, yeah. five years worth of days. I'm getting on this phone and we're doing video calls at night saying good night, right? This is how we were talking for like five years worth of days or so, right? Now she's here, right? And I don't want to forget that. You know what I mean? I don't want to forget that we did all that. I've been waiting for this, right? I wanted this, right? I really wanted her here, right? We did a K-1 visa. She wanted to be here. She left her whole family. She left her career. I don't want to forget that. And the, and the only way I can not forget that is to remind myself daily. Okay. <laughs> I think your video froze. Can you hear me, man? Lee, are you there, buddy? Oh, there you Sorry, are. Sorry, jumped for a moment. Back. I'm back. Okay. Okay. So, anyways, that's I was just, you know, um, I was just finishing up at the very end there, just saying, like, you know, I'm grounding myself um in several things that are just ever present in my life uh now in the morning as part of my practice, just so again, like I just don't want to forget. Like, even even you, you know, you're speaking like having a car, right? It's the same idea, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. um that's a huge problem. But, um, um, you know the book I was talking right. to you about. <clears throat> the book I was talking to you about this morning I was reading, um, touches on how the the midlife crisis is something that uh, was created in modernity. It's something that never existed before because people had too much to worry about before, including not living long enough to worry about. You know things like self actualization or. Uh, their 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 reason for living or their purposes in life is always just like uh, responsibilities. Get those, live, try not to die. Um, right. So, you know, a lot a lot of a lot of the modern psychological uh, problems that we have today are born from 
our privilege. Uh, right. So we wouldn't be able to focus. You know, I have a, one of my closest friends uh, was born in a third world country. Uh, he migrated to here when he was a teenager and um, he's a very intelligent person. He, he teaches me more than uh, anything because he just, he's so well read. Um, but on top of that, he, he's my friend who I go to for advice when I'm sometimes needing uh, perspective. If I'm feeling really stuck in a rut or something, I'll go talk to him because not only will he have a history of me to know, you know, uh, what I've been through, but he also has his history. And, and that he's, uh, he was raised a Catholic in a third world country. You know, he knows something but, uh, you know, strife and, and pain growing up. So when he came to America and things were so much more lax in so many ways, um, he, he'll, he'll say to me, hey, just remember, these are things that we have. And yes, we can complain about this, but we still have this because of things that we, you know, that I wouldn't have in, or we wouldn't have elsewhere. And it, it helps having his perspective. Um, and not everyone has like a, a friend who was born a migrant who can talk to those difficulties. But still, those difficulties exist. We talked about this throughout this whole session. And if you if you focus on just those um, negative things, obviously you'll be stuck in a rut. But if you have gratitude for those negative things or rather for those negative things you don't have to endure, it'll make it so much easier you know, to find those 99 things that are working for you. Totally. Right. I, yeah. I, I, it, that's it's, it's for, it get back to perspective. Like you said, with your friend, that's, that's where it's at. It's, at, it's, we just need reminders of perspective. You know, that's, that's what gratitude is doing. It's allowing us to put perspective into where we're at, opposed to focusing on the one thing and go, it's, it's so perspective based, um, you know, and even speaking to like where you are, where at and where you are now, you know, um, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a good self-reflection to go, where was that five years ago? Where am I at now? What's working for me now? You know, who's in my life now? Um, I mean, I look, I've got a practice. I think I talked to you before called gratitude cubed. It's where if you're sitting in a grateful state at the moment, you can look back and say, see everything and go, I'm okay. This happened. That happened because I'm here now. And I love myself. I am here now and I'm grateful. And I know that the bad, you know, the, you know, the, for example, my mom had to pass away. Otherwise we would be having this conversation right now. I mean, that's just a case in point thing, you know, I think about, you know, I wrote that letter to her, which, you know, writing a gratitude letter is not magic, uh, but what it can do is magic. It totally is, you know, um, you know, you know, that, you know, speaking of that letter, we're talking today, you know, that letter is in the book, that letter sparked the 50 something people to write for that book, you know, that that letter sparked the second book, you know, this is probably around my hundredth podcast, you know, um, there's, you know, these are all conversations that sparked from just sharing gratitude and realizing that um, speaking about it and connecting with others can, can completely change uh, the focus and like uh, can change the outlook on life. Yeah. Um, is it the actual hundredth? Can I, can I claim that this is the centennial? Uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing real, it. I'm saying it. it's mine. Well, I'm you, episode. You can, I can look real quick here. I, I have to look again. I, uh, that's a good, that's a good question. Let's see here. I don't know if this will tell me I'm looking at a dashboard quick here. So I, I'm going to have to look really close to a hundred though. Um, we could just I'm say it's a hundred. How's that sound? I'm proud of you. You you've come, you, you've put so much work into gratitude space and you've really made it grow. I've never, I, I, I mean, I have children, so I guess I've worked on them for the past you know, seven years, but I don't think I've done anything as extraordinary as what you've done with Gratitude Space. I'm so proud of you. Um, so 100, 100 podcasts is just a drop in a bucket compared to the amount of work I've seen you put into it over the years. 
because I think your podcast is pretty young compared to the idea in general. So uh, since its inception. Thanks, brother. That means a lot, man. I appreciate it. I know that you got to get off here in a couple minutes. Um, you know, I just just speaking, uh, I thank you for saying that. And just speaking to the great thing about the podcast is as soon as I started doing the podcast, because I was doing the written interviews, I just felt like I came out of the dark ages. Like, like I was walking <laughs> around with two sticks and now now I had like audio and video to play with and like conversations. So it's like, uh, obviously, uh, I appreciate this format so much more because I did long form interviews for years. Yeah. Uh, and I apologize because you asked me to, to help you with uh, writing a letter for your first book. And I said I would, and I didn't. And I apologized, and I didn't get to apologize. But now you get to have it recorded. But um, this, I'm so glad I was able to participate. Um, I've always wanted to participate. And I've always just, you know, you're saying something about you make votes. And I, I didn't make those votes. Um, and now I'm, I'm glad to be given a vote for, for Chris this morning. Thanks, brother. Well, um, I'm gonna close this up here. If you could hang out for one second, so we can just kind of say goodbye. And um, yeah. does that sound good? Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, happy birthday, uh, Lee. It's been so great talking with you again. Uh, like I said before, it's just an excuse. I love doing these because they're an excuse to connect with old friends. Uh, and I did mean if you didn't want to do this, I was wanting to get on a call with you either way. So you know, it's cool that we could we could uh, have a recorded conversation. But I'm I'm happy either way. Just keeping I that in mind. <laughs> I'm glad to share it with people. I'm glad to talk to you either way. But I'm even more happy to be able to to do more thank you brother well happy birthday well i'm chris with uh lee and that was birthday gratitude episode and we are